that um, we were going to do something different this morning. And so I have just a little brief introduction that I want to share with you so that it, uh, when we begin to share these testimonies, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, Luke chapter 2. Now there were shepherds nearby laying out, living out in the field, um, keeping guard over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people today. Your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a vast heavenly army appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. And then from Matthew concerning the three um, wise men that came to bring their gifts to Jesus. It says, And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasure boxes, they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, there are three powerful gifts that God gave the world through the birth of Jesus. And they are joy, peace, and giving. And the first one is joy. The, the angel announces the promise that great joy was going to be poured out into the world to all the people who receive the good news that God has come. And so for everyone that accepts that this baby who was wrapped in, I love the way that translation calls it, strips of cloth, you're going to find him in a stable, the king of glory, great joy will be upon you who receive that good news. To this very day, we live in the same darkened and exhausted world to which the good news was first introduced. Nothing really other than technology has changed the world as the world is still the same. And to this very day also, while hardships still persist, joy has been lifting people from fear to freedom and from apathy to love ever since Jesus came into the world. The second great gift that God gave the world was peace. When the angel was announcing to the shepherds, don't be afraid, I bring you great tidings of joy. The Bible says, suddenly the heavens burst open and there stood a military force of angels, all shouting and praising God. And as they shouted and praised God, these angels, this angel army, said, peace on earth among the people with whom God is pleased. So suddenly this angel army appears with the angel. Peace upon the people with whom God is pleased. 
Now, I know that in the King James translation it says peace on earth. But in 2,000 years, we have not seen peace on earth. To this day, peace does not exist on earth. The actual original rendering of that scripture says peace upon the people on the earth with whom God is pleased. Who is God pleased with? You might think that God is pleased with people that do good as opposed to other people who stumble through life and are flawed and sin, make mistakes, whether accidentally or deliberately or however they're done. But that's really not the case. Jesus came for an entire flawed and broken race. So who is the one that the Lord is pleased with? It's the one that takes joy at the announcement of the good news. It's the one that welcomes the Savior into their heart. In the scriptures, righteousness is never separated from peace. You never find them broken. There cannot be peace in anyone's life where righteousness is not the pursuit of their heart. There can be no peace among a people, be it a family, be it a community, be it a nation or an empire. There can be no peace as long as unrighteousness prevails. But as long as people pursue righteousness, the concept that God is upright and His call for righteousness is in their hearts. Jesus said it like this in Matthew, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Righteousness and peace are inseparable, so those, I would suggest to you, with whom God is pleased are those that are pursuing righteousness. And you're not pursuing righteousness by running around trying to be better than everybody else or make the case that you're better than anybody else. Righteousness is something that exists between you and God, and it's a humble heart that actually receives righteousness. So, really, if you could go back with me to Bethlehem and look at the scene, the angel assures them, be, af be not afraid. And then an army appears and announces peace to those with whom God is pleased. You know, God loves all the world, but He's only pleased with those that pursue righteousness. To them who pursue righteousness, a vast heavenly army appeared to pledge its support for those that pursue righteousness. That is awesome to me. Because a lot of times in life, it's when I'm alone, when I'm separated, when I'm isolated, and I'm at my weakest, and maybe I'm faltering, that I need to know that the battle I'm in the very midst of, heaven's armies are standing to instill and install peace and guard my peace. Hallelujah. So that's the second great gift to this day. The angels of heaven are standing in assurance and guarding peace for those that love righteousness. Thirdly, the wise men come to the house where Mary and, and the baby Jesus are, are there in Jerusalem, uh, in uh, uh, Bethlehem. And when they come in, as, as um, Antonio correctly said, the first thing they did was, it says they fell down and they worshiped him. This third gift is the gift of giving. Giving is a gift that God gave the world. We all know John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. But that gift that He gave has instilled the power of giving in all of us 
who have received him. And that power of giving is at work in those like you and I who love the Lord today. So that third gift is the power of giving. When the three wise men fell and worshipped him, they then got up and the Bible says they opened their treasure boxes and they gave him great valuable gifts, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. And I really think that it was as if to say, we know who you are. They had come from far away. They had been traveling for a long time. They had sought him out diligently and it took a long time for them to find him and they never stopped until they did find him. And when they did find him, it's as though they wanted to say to him, we have seen your coming. We know that you are going to suffer in a cruel world that doesn't understand that a loving God has condescended into our weary world to save us. But we know that you are the Savior. We want you to know that no matter what you go through, your coming was worth it. Here is our life. And they laid those things before him to not only acknowledge that Jesus was God and that he was Savior, but to say your coming was worth it. And my life is here to say thank you. And so the power and the gift of joy, of peace, and of giving is ours because Jesus came. Now, the reason I share this with you this morning is because I've chosen four living testimonies this morning to tell us how Jesus' joy, peace, and the inspiration to give are still reaching us today so far from Bethlehem so long ago. Lives are still reverberating with the effect of that gift. And the first one to share with us this morning what those things mean in his life is Jesse Trimble. Praise the Lord. And so let's just welcome Jesse as he comes. And Hank, I'm going to need this working. Thank you, Jesse. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, uh, Pastor Nick asked me to share a personal testimony, and many of you probably have heard this, but maybe not to the full detail. I wanted to start with peace this morning, and peace, the the peace of God in my life it was ever so prevalent. 24 years ago, pushing 25, I was uh, 13, and I knew something wasn't right with my eyes. There was something wrong with them. And so I went in to have them checked out. And uh, I was diagnosed with a Usher's syndrome. Usher's 2 is what they call it. And it's a night blindness, and it's a peripheral blindness. So here I was, 13 years old, and uh, very weak in my faith. And understanding even though I was raised in the church and uh, it hit me you know really really hard and so that following summer this was 1993 that following summer I went on a little mission trip around New England with youth with a mission and it was during that time it was like this intense presence of God on this whole team we were all teenagers and the Lord spoke to me and I was, some people were praying over me when they heard about what was upset with my eyes and they were like, well, we need to pray for you that you be healed. And I was like, let's do it. So uh, they were praying for me, all these young kids and a couple of the leaders that were there. 
And I, I, I remember following under the spirit and the Lord was speaking to me and said that you are in my arms and you are in my presence. Do not worry, do not fear, you are with me. And I saw a picture of the word of God, the word of God being over my head and it was being spoken to me. But, and God said, in these words, you will find the answers that you're looking for. You will find the peace of God that passes all understanding. So 24 years later, I still have my eyesight, as you can see, and it's still limited, and it has worsened, obviously. But through it all, and through all the stub toes and the, the sheer pain in my ankles and the sheer pain in my shins, and the uh, embarrassment of not being able to uh, shake people's hand or realize they're trying to shake my hand. Through it all, I remember that God spoke to me that day. And he has spoken to me many times before then, obviously, but it was through that day that he brought peace in my heart. The fact is, I have an eye condition, but the truth is that by his stripes I am healed. And it's that peace of knowing what he did for me on the cross I am not struggling. I am alive and well and whole. And then the joy. I tried, uh, I was talking to Aubrey, my wife, and I was trying to like not be cliche, but the joy in my life is my wife and my kids. And uh, I remember a time I was in college and I felt so unworthy of the Lord's love. And I said, Lord, you have to change these things in my life or I'm not going to have the things that I want and I think the Lord just laughed at me because he was like it does not matter who you are that for the blessing of God to come into your life and boy was he right and uh, but the joy is also is not only in the natural of your spouse and your kids but it's also knowing the eternity that God has given you in your heart and the eternity is I'll be able to live with the Lord forever. That, that's his loss of sting. I'll be able to see my grandfather, and I'll be able to see my son. <laughs> Those are the kind of things that give you joy, that, that just will astound the world, because they can't understand that. But it's very, very true, very, very real. And then finally, being a gift to the world. Well, I find, as I grow older, to be a gift to the world is to not be ashamed. Hallelujah. I find that when I talk to people, I talk to them as if they know who Jesus is. And they're confused that I would bring that up. And the world constantly is striving to shut that up out of our mouths. But to not be ashamed that you have a relationship with Jesus. And if people are talking and you feel like, I should not be worried about bringing up Jesus in this discussion, so I bring it up. And for whatever works, whatever seed is planted that's in the Lord's hands but don't be ashamed that's what I've decided to do is to not be ashamed of who my Lord and Savior is amen uh, thank you <laughs> and um, I want to introduce Layla she is bringing our next testimony thank you good morning um, I'm happy to be here I'm happy to share what God has done for me. Um, I'll just share a little bit about what he has done for me. Um, many of you know that I was raised in the church. 
I grew up in the church, and um, but I think the enemy, you know, he stalks us, he watches us, you know, he uh, he studies us, and I think even as children, he does that. And um, as a child, I think he placed in my mind a, an album or a tune on repeat that um, I wasn't good enough. That always played through my mind, and I think that's how I lived my life. I lived that as being my truth, as that being my identity, is I was never going to be good enough for anything, you know? And so I found myself at almost 30 um, on the verge of divorce due to abuse, I mean, uh, substance abuse. And um, I'm sharing a bedroom with my two kids, and I'm working at a dead end job. I'm a single parent and I don't have a college education so I'm thinking you know God what do you want from me you know I I don't know what to do my future is looking like this black hole no hope no vision and um, I feel like the enemy too he can he can work on the inside of you in your mind and he can work on you so much that you you start getting sick you know my back um, I had so much stress because I didn't, I didn't know the authority I had in Christ. I didn't understand that. I didn't comprehend that at all. And um, so my back is going out, and I'm thinking, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Um, I, don't, I don't really see a way out of this, you know? And I felt like I was coming up short as a mom. And so I end up in... <laughs> laid out in my bed I can't even I can't walk I can't sit and um, now looking at it it was uh, it's funny because I feel like God brought me to that point to quiet me and so I could hear him because I think so many times I, I kept my mind so occupied and I think we all do right music and social media and just keeping our lives so busy that we don't even spend the time to hear him and so I'm laid out my bed I'm in excruciating pain I've gotten to a place where I'm angry and bitter um, I don't like anybody really I don't like myself and uh, <laughs> I kind of had this attitude like don't trust anybody N- nobody's looking out for you nobody cares about you I even had a hard time trusting my own parents and um, you know I just that's kind of how I lived my life, was just like, watch your back, you know? Uh, you don't know when the next thing's going to happen. I didn't have joy, and I didn't really know what peace was. And um, I know that he's real, because in that m- moment, or four days, I'm, I'm laid out. I'm in excruciating pain, and um, I receive joy that I can't explain to you. It's not, it's not somebody. It's not money. It's not something, because all that stuff and people, they're great, but that's not what sustains us, and that's not what gives us joy. We can't find our joy in our spouse or in a, our parents or in our best friend. You know, our joy, truly, it's so weird because I never understood it, but it comes from him, because I know it comes from him, because like I said, I was in excruciating pain. I was hurting, but I was like smiling (laughs) like a crazy person in bed (laughs) 
I could probably get up twice a day to go to the bathroom and maybe take a shower. So, And um, he, the Holy Spirit just came over me, and I experienced him in a way that I know he's real. And there's nobody that can tell me that he's not real, because how can somebody be happy when they're in pain, you know? And also, my circumstances didn't change. It's not like I received God and my life was amazing, you know? I had this amazing job. I had this amazing husband. I had all this money and a nice house. That's not what happened, you know? I received his joy because he worked on me from the inside out. He showed me my identity wasn't in, in this world and not how I look, not how I dress but um, in him. And I'm so grateful for that because anybody who struggled with fear, anxiety, depression, um, and I think most people do, whether they admit it or not, um, he can give you a hope and um, he can give you a purpose. And um, I always thought, how how can I change anything? And it's not me. You know, like Philippians 4.13, it's not me, but through him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And um, I never understood that either, but it's it's not us. There's nothing we could say. There's nothing we could do. It's through the love of Christ who gives us direction. And um, something I always thought, too, is being a Christian, you're kind of lame and you're kind of a loser. You're like a square and you don't have fun <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, and that's so wrong because you <laughs> you gain so much you find out who you truly are um, and um, and so I also want to share another verse Ephesians 6:12 for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms you know i used to get really um upset with like a coworker or some guy who'd pull out in front of me and um i was just always angry at people and people would really you know i'd cut them out out of my life because i just was like well i'm i don't need you and you're uh, out to hurt me but i realized um the battle isn't between you and another person the battle is getting on your face and praying for that person whatever you know whether it's your parents whether it's your friend whether it's a co-worker that's where the battle lies and I just want to encourage all of you to know that um, you do have a purpose there is a hope for you and um, you know I know that prayer works because I see my life I know I am a product of these women at this church and men praying for me and not um, not giving up and uh, so my uh, because Jesus has given me the peace and the joy I have I have learned to not be ashamed or embarrassed of where I come from um, the choices that I've made in the past I'm actually kind of proud of them because I see it as a way that I can help somebody out now you know, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am, but take pride as his child. And he's so cool. He truly is. 
he's he's so cool and he's so relevant he's not he's he's just uh he is all that he says he is so i just want to encourage all of you to know that he loves you and whatever you're struggling with god will get you out of it he'll get you through it he won't get you around it he'll get you through it and he loves you so thank you so much for letting me share this today and Merry Christmas. Oh, and uh, Giselle, I think you're up next. Oh, Hank, sorry. Hank. Hello. I have a lot of things going on in my life right now. One of those seasons in the Lord where it's very fluid and over th things are overlapping. And I'm having what I would call highlighter moments. You know, when you take out that highlighter and you highlight something, what's that thing do? It pops. And I'm having those things in my life. And when Pastor Nick came to me with this and he said, joy, peace, and the gift, I'm not going through my life and having people confuse me with someone who is a great people person. But what came into my heart and what came into my, into my highlighter moments was people. So I began to think about my daughter. And if I came out of this dysfunctional, messy childhood, and then I was given the opportunity to, to be a father, I took that into my heart and I loved that. I was there for the birth and the first steps and the first words. I was there for all the, the wonderful things that happened at Christmas. And it all just really lives in my heart, and I love that. And then I've got this little guy right here. He's trapped, he, he goes around the service all morning, and he loves it here. And he wanted to stay for the Christmas music today, so I let him do that. With my daughter, we also went through the tough times, like bedtime and story time, when you had to read the same story over and over and over what do you want to read tonight, Angel? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. Once upon a time, kid. One week after she turned 17, she presented me with my grandson. Another bump in the road, the teen years, you know. But what did she do from that point on? She went and got her high school graduation. She got her college degree. She's going to work in the medical field, and I know that when she goes out there to do that, she's... She's such a people person, and her, my daughter's glass is not half full. It's overflowing onto the table. She's such a joyous and, and perfect, you know, people person, and she's going to go out and touch people. And that's my joy. My joy is the fact that I have this girl that I got to raise by myself, and it was so wonderful. And then she gave me this little guy who, he's right here, you know. He's right here, and I love this stuff. Amen. <laughs> Peace was a little tougher. When you brought me peace, I was like, well, I came to Wednesday night prayer and Pastor Nick prayed over me because I got a word that God wants me to share with you. And I'm going to paraphrase horribly, but it, it became anxiety bad, peace is good. Hank. And I said, okay, I could talk about that. Or I could talk about a verse that says, you know, we are in perfect peace who, who, uh, who trust in the Lord. Amen. But what I found was another person. I had a friend from high school who passed away this week, two days after his 60th birthday and five days before Christmas, he went to work, hit the floor dead. And the, the piece that I have in that is that this man knew the Lord. You know, his parents know that, his family knows that, his friends know that. And right now, my friend is in the presence of the Lord. And you cannot beat that. And the gift is knowing that the gift is my daughter the gift is my grandson the gift is that we have victory over sin and death and you know what sin is 
Sin is roadkill. It's been on the side of the road in Florida in August for four or five days. You know? And what chance does that roadkill have for life? Nothing. And that is what Christ has saved us from. He's given us this life. He's given us eternity in his presence where my friend is right now. And you can't beat that. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful my daughter knows that. I'm grateful that my friend is in heaven. And I only hope that my mom is because I don't know. But when, Je- when they came to Jesus and they said, um, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't think that it's some offhanded coincidence that our Father who art in heaven refers to himself as our Father. Amen? So he can give us all of these gifts. And I'm looking at this thing going, what can I possibly offer to God as a gift? And I hope this isn't too presumptuous, but the only thing that I've got is me. Amen? All I've got is me. And I'm 60 years old, and I've cruised through this life, and I realize that my time with the Lord, the best part of it's in front of me. The best part of my walk with the Lord is in front of me. I'm not roadkill anymore. I'm something new. Amen? So my gift to God is me. So... You know, here I am, Lord. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope you like it. <laughs> Amen. All right. Giselle, mighty woman of valor. What great testimonies. And really, I looked at what I wrote and I said, you have to share what's really in your heart. I said to Hank before we started that my problem was in preparing for this was making it too general and I understand now why I was making it too general because I didn't want to share what was really in my heart. The Lord this fall began to do something with me that was so special. I couldn't really talk about it with anyone. When I was first saved there was such a honeymoon period with the Lord. Um, I just had such a wonderful time with Jesus and the Lord began to use me in the gift of healing and and other gifts and I, I just thought this was so wonderful and great and and then life began to happen you know married and had children and you're busy and I was just sort of on autopilot all these years we go to church I knew all the right things to do I knew to read my Bible and pray and but in the last two or three years, I didn't realize it till recently, but my whole life started to curl up. I began to get sick a lot. And I didn't know what was happening. And some days I would be in so much pain. And I had no peace, no joy. And my wonderful husband would, you know, when I'd go to him and say, uh, honey, I just, I, I just need prayer. And he would look at me and say, just start praising the Lord. And so I would do that, and God would meet me. And, but recently, he, Chris's mother died, and we went 
to the funeral up in Connecticut. And this was back in September. <laughs> oh, I might cry a little. <laughs> um, and at the funeral, a woman who is very dear to us and dear to our pastors, Dora Verleza, she has come here to visit a few times. If you know Dora, it's almost like having a visit with Jesus. And she came for a short Jesus. And she came and we sat together. She came back to our house for food after the um, burial. And she, she just, she didn't say anything special. But truly, the Lord was with me through that visit. She just said a few things and shared such love with me. I mean, the Lord is pretty sneaky. (laughs) But somehow, her words, her love, her prayers just was like a key that sort of opened a door. And I went to sleep that night. And many of you know, maybe the women, I used to wear this little heart necklace uh, all the time. And I went to sleep and I had a dream. And I dreamt that I was brokenhearted and I was crying to the Lord saying, I don't know how to receive your blessings. I don't know how to be successful in you. I don't know how to connect. I don't know how to do any of this. I just don't know how to contact with you. I don't know how to be free. And when I woke up, I had broken the necklace off my, and I'd been wearing it constantly for maybe a year. And I felt like the Lord says, I'm giving you a new heart. And the Lord has been doing that in the last few months. I mean, I would text Kathy for months, and she'd always say, receive your blessing today from the Lord. And I would be dumbfounded going, I'd like to. I'm not really sure how to. And it was because my heart was saying, you're not worthy. You're not, you know, I, I was closed. And my whole life was becoming like a little closed up flower. But the Lord has begun to work. And I'm so excited because I believe that there will be consistent, true joy and peace coming. And I will experience that. I've experienced many moments of it. But I just believe the Lord has a new beginning for me. And that's what I'm so thankful for. My gift to him is to be honest with him. To admit that it is only through him that I can change. And to give, like Hank said, to give myself to him. Because he really wants to use all of us. But he wants to heal us. And in that process, we become that powerful witness. They'll see Not the broken Giselle, but the whole Giselle that's not afraid to be who God wants to be. I just want to share one scripture, Proverbs 4.12. Read it a dozen times. When I read it in preparing for this, I got kind of jealous. Solomon said, if you walk, I have to read this. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And the next line It was like I heard God saying, and if you run, you will not stumble. Now, I'd always read that. Well, if you walk, you will not be hampered. If you run, you'll you'll not be weary. But God says, if you run. And I said, yeah, God, I want to run. I want to run this year. If you're offering that as a choice and 
you're probably sitting there hoping, I'm going to run. I want to run. And so I'm just giving myself to the Lord to complete that work that he started so I can be really what he wants me to be. Thank you. Let's all stand for a moment and just give our clap of appreciation for these awesome testimonies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to thank the four of you for opening your hearts, for really being transparent and honest and speaking from your hearts because each of you said things that all of us can relate with, messages of hope in what you shared. We were so blessed. And I know that all of us this morning have a story to tell. The announcement that the angels made, joy, peace, giving, 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, certainly is repeating itself over and over in our lives. And so I celebrate the Lord in each of you. And I love the fact that though there was no commiseration between the four people who testified, they all seemed to really come down to the same thing when it came to that last one, the gift. Here I am. I, I love the way Hank stood up here and just said, my gift is, well, you know, happy birthday, Jesus. Here it is. You made it. Here it is. I, I love the way that Layla said, I now can be the gift because I'm not ashamed and spoke about being released from shame. What a tremendous deliverance. And, and Jesse, when I, I have known Jesse for years, I have marveled, Kathy and I just marvel at the consistent grace and love that, that he is. He really just, I, I've, I've given up long ago waiting to hear him cuss or get mad or just kind of do this when he trips over a chair or something but he is just consistently full of joy i said man there's proof jesus is alive in there and uh you know we're all just people and um giselle's testimony we've known giselle since she was 17 and watch this progression and to hear her openly talk about it after all these years we think that a Christian takes off and just is like a rocket, just keeps going. One stage falls away, another one just is freed, and you just keep. But the truth is, as Giselle shared, as the years go by, life gets hard, it gets weary, and you do find yourself kind of nodding up and curling up. All of us, all of us who are, you know, over 40, have spent some decades as Christians, we know that feeling. We've been there. And the Lord, He is that second wind. He really is. And I'm with you, Giselle. I am excited as we cruise into 2018 because I feel this year, as we begin this year with a fast, a 21-day fast, our church is going to be fasting together. And I'm so excited. I, I've, I've been hearing from all of you that you're excited too. That feeling, that sense that we're going to capture something and an excitement in our heart because we don't have to go into 2018 
19 waiting to see what it's going to bring we're taking something into 2018 we are bringing what god wants to do into the new year instead of waiting to see what the new year has for us praise the lord and it's such a blessing well um before we dismiss here we've come to this most important moment in our service and that is as you sat and listened to these testimonies this morning and the little uh comment about um the joy that the lord offers the peace the power of giving you may have been sitting listening to these testimonies feeling on the outside looking in that jesus isn't lord and king of glory in your heart maybe you've believed in him maybe you've been around church maybe you've been around christians i don't really know what your background is but you've heard at least four testimonies of people that came from trust me very very different backgrounds that jesus is real and you're on the outside and the lord wants you on the inside he wants to they're knocking at the door of your heart he wants to come into your heart and be lord of your life and uh, maybe you relate with some of the things that that uh, that layla shared that uh, that giselle shared that uh, um, jesse spoke about and you would like to know that peace and the lord touching your heart so if you would for a moment everybody just close your eyes and with your heart just look to the lord and just begin to pray just ask the lord to move in this sanctuary this morning through the holy spirit begin to touch people's hearts only the lord can wake up your heart only the lord can reach those truly deep areas and we need him to reach the deep areas of somebody's heart this morning if you're here today as i've said you're on the outside looking in you know that jesus isn't your savior is not lord of your life well he wants to be and this is your moment that you can open the door and let him come in and i'm going to offer an opportunity for you just in a moment i'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and just so that I can see it and I know that you are making this decision and we can pray together and you say well this is a really private thing why does it have to be public well because Jesus said if you profess me before people I will confess you before the Father you're right it is a very private and a personal thing but uh, you live a public life and the Lord wants to publicly lift you up and change your life so if you're here today and you would lift up your hand and say i want to receive jesus as my lord and savior i'd like you to do that right now right now wherever you are just slip that hand up and say pastor pray with me i'm going to be one of those ones that's asked the lord to come in and be lord of my life now before we pray let me expand this opportunity let's say you're here this morning you understand the things that they were talking about from the inside not the outside because you're a christian and jesus lives in your heart but like giselle maybe you're feeling like my life is curled up in a knot i'm really i wish i could get back to where i was i i can't seem to get back there well you can't go back but you can go forward 
and the Lord can bring you into a new day. If you'd like the Lord to move in your life, and you'd like to join with us as we, as we move forward with intentionality and determination into this new year with the Lord and what He has, I'd like you to lift up your hand if you want the Lord to bring a renewal into your life. Just lift your hand up and say, I'm, that's me. I need a breakout in my life. All right. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this awesome, wonderful congregation, this great time this morning in your presence, this special time that we have to hear the words of testimonies that you have written in hearts. But here we are now. And we need you, Lord, in every recess of our hearts. We open the doors, Lord, to every room in our mind, every closet, every prison and we pray lord be the liberator come into our heart bring renewal bring the anointing that breaks every yoke father i pray for everyone whose heart is lord represented by that hand that went up and i pray for them lord not only this morning but in these days to come that you will lead them and all of us together into a higher, closer walk with you than ever before. We praise you and thank you for it, for your mercies are renewed every day. And this we pray with, with praise and with worship to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And everybody said? Well, I want to wish all of you a wonderful, spectacular time of fellowship over these next few days with your with your families and whatever you've got planned whatever your plans may be make sure that you put Jesus at the center of those just stay with him and let him be with you in all that you do praise the Lord now next week is the 31st the last day of this year our church is going into a 21 day fast starting Monday the 1st Next week, I'm going to be sharing a really powerful vision to give us a focus as we begin our fast. After the service and later that evening, on Sunday the 31st, the Trimbles have invited us to their home for awesome snacks and desserts and hanging out and fellowshipping, bringing in the new year together. And then the next morning, we go, all, we go to war. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We go into the sanctuary. We go into the presence of the Lord. And so I'm going to have some things to share with you next Sunday and some opportunities. Um, and so I'm really excited. Make sure you come and come ready to receive. Um, at the Trimble's home next week, we'll re-announce it, but it'll be 6.30 in the evening and you'll be welcome to stay. Um, yeah, till midnight. Yeah, out you go. 12, out you go after that. All right, uh, Diane, do you have those cloths? Let me keep you one more moment and ask Diane just to bring these up. As uh, you may know, one of our dear, dear members who's been a servant in this church for many years is this morning, not far from here, in a rehab hospital recovering from a stroke, and that's uh, Diane's husband, Scott Sayer. Our beloved Scott Sayer, he needs a miracle from the Lord. And I asked Diane if she would bring some handkerchiefs.
And we're going to anoint these. I'd like to have uh, our leadership people, Marty and uh, Antonio, Jesse, if you guys would come up. Terry, I'm going to lay these out. I'd like the rest of you to pray with us. And if you would, there's that anointing oil on those two things over there. I think one there, a couple there, and right there. Just open them up and just put some oil on these. Anoint them with oil. We're going to pray over them. And I'm going to ask Diane to take them and stuff them in his pajama pockets. Wherever he can put them. We're in that bed. Let me tell you what we're going to be praying for. Go ahead, guys. Just anoint these. While they are doing that, Scott's been recovering. Um, he had a pretty serious stroke. He's had some physical recovery. Um, his his uh, vocal abilities are coming back. Um, the, he was completely paralyzed on his right side. That's starting to loosen up. Um, but um, and and in terms of his cogniz uh, his uh, uh, cognition and ability to think, he's all, there's an awakening happening. But he still lapses into confusion. It's sputtering kind of in and out. He really needs the Lord to bring all those synapses together, to, to heal those neurological pathways, to reconnect his, his brain with his muscles, and just rebuild those pathways and awaken his mind and awaken his body from this, this stroke that's had such an effect upon him. And we know that Jesus, hallelujah, he is the Jehovah Rapha, as the old ancient Hebrews used to say, the Lord is my healer. And so we believe today, but we need to bear down. We need the Lord to accelerate this healing. One of the things that he is struggling with is something, it's not really medical, but it certainly has a profound effect on your life. It's called insurance. And I don't even want to go into it, but uh, the biggest battle that Diane is fighting is with the insurance companies, who, though she pays a huge premium to have the best insurance, they're wanting to, you know, just kick him down the road to, and stuff him in a home and not have to pay anything. And so we need God to, to move on medical authorities and insurance people so that they will cooperate with uh, his healing and do what they're being have been paid to do amen if you know what I'm talking about so uh, we need favor as well as healing oh thank you my and John why don't you come up here also and uh, uh Diane and, and uh, Jacob, if you'll just stand up here with us. Just get in close. Maybe a couple of you guys can put a hand on her. All right, gentlemen, praise the Lord. If the rest of you just stretch your hands out, we are going to pray. Hallelujah. They brought cloths like this from the, uh, from the, the body of uh, uh, Paul and Peter. And they'd pray over them and they'd take those cloths after they prayed over them to those that were sick and paralyzed diseased and the Lord supernaturally would heal them. God God does the work. So we're going to obey the word. Hallelujah. Because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hands stretched out, faith out there in the name of Jesus, Father in heaven. 
we know that the word of God supersedes all of the doubt, the unbelief, the lies, the hindrance, the opposition of this hour. We know that Satan is a defeated foe, though he's real, he's out there. Disease and sickness still works in the world, but you work and your work is greater. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have anointed these napkins with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, we release the anointing and the power of the Word of God into these claws as we send them to Scott's body in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 2.24 says, With your stripes, Scott was healed. Matthew 8.17 says that you bore his pains and his sicknesses. I thank you, Father God, that you've sent your word. As Psalm 107 says in verse 20, and delivered Scott from all his afflictions. Thank you, as Jesse said, that you are the Lord who has done it. And we pray, Father, not only for expeditious healing, awakening of his neurological pathways, the reforming of the connection of his brain to his body, the releasing of his mind from confusion, the raising up of a strength in his body and muscles that all talk and work together, that you would restore, awaken, and bring him back, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. But we also say, Lord, do a quick work accelerate this work and father god stretch your hand out through the uh, through the insurance companies and bring favor father to diane bring favor that all the medical facilities and the insurance will work together to show favor in whatever recovery whatever help whatever assistance scott needs that he'll get it in the mighty name of jesus i want to say thank you father in jesus name hallelujah amen and amen Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have a wonderful time, and let's fellowship together.